Hello and welcome. My name is Kirsty Rice and together with my co-host Nikki Moffat, we are the Two Fat Expats. And when we say fat, we mean we've packed a lot into our expat lives. With 13 different countries and six children between us, we've managed to fill our passports and lives with a lot of expat experience. We know that it's more than finding a new home, a new office or a new school. It's the day-to-day. It's how do I get my driver's license? Where do I pay for a post office box? And does anyone know of a decent hairdresser? Due to COVID, I'm currently grounded in Australia with my children while my husband is working in Qatar and Nikki is in Copenhagen with her family, which is where we find her today. Hello, Nikki Moffat. How are you? I am fine. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. How are you? And and uh, a happy birthday to your husband working in Qatar today. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. This is just another joy that COVID brings us is that we are separated for what is quite a big milestone birthday. But there's been a lot of action in the um, uh, family chat today and I have seen he's been very much loved all over Facebook by his family. Um, yes, and I have signed up that I'm going to do 50 acts of love for my favourite 50-year-old. So I've told him that every day from today on for the next 50 days, he's going to get a little act of love from me. So luckily, I do get him at home by the end of the, I think he gets home on about day 40. So um, <laughs> yes. that's nice. And hopefully with no quarantine, so he'll be in the house by day yeah. 50. Talking as you just did in your introduction about filling up your passport, Kirsty, yeah. uh, my son flew uh, on Thursday to London and uh-huh. uh, I was in Hamburg at the time so he went to the airport by himself on his first international flight alone and because it's London it's immigration so it's outside of the EU thanks Brexit so he had to go through an immigration process and they accused him of being in Denmark illegally at immigration oh. because oh, he so had no stamps in, in his passport. So that was in immigration in London that they accused him of being No, there. no, in Denmark. It was in Denmark. Before he right. left, yeah. Right. So, yeah, he, he fronted up. He had no stamps in his passport and the, and the lady said, but you have no stamps. How did you get into, into Denmark? And he said, no, I drove from Germany. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But, of course, he's had a new passport since he's been, uh, since COVID and since yes. he's turned in his um, – recent he's now got an adult passport and so it really it it confused him for some time and also confused the immigration lady and then they had to have someone else come and help and resolve the situation so it was um it was an interesting time so so of course it also says for australian passports that they are issued in australia so the woman's looking saying this was issued in australia and has no stamps and now you're standing here in uh, denmark (laughs) trying to go to the uk he's like yes it makes perfect sense to me me. <laughs> so anyway, that was just a fun little story. Is he still in London now? He is still in London and which I'm very thankful for that he does not um, turn off Find My Kids when he travels so I can right. see all the time when he's out and about and then when he's safely back in his little room where yes. he's staying. <laughs> I know. So, yes, okay. thanks, Kirsty. It just reminded me when you said that. Okay, Nikki, let's kick off with our two fat expat questions and I have one for you. Nikki, remember expat blogs? I believe you had one and I had one and many, many people that we made friends with on Twitter and wherever had them. They were fantastic. People 
told you about where they were, what their family was doing, how they felt about where they were, what was going on in their countries. They were fascinating. But I was just wondering, what's the equivalent now? Because Insta Stories isn't cutting it for me. It's a it's a whole different level of storytelling. And I have to say with Instagram, it all feels a little bit inspo to me when I'm following expat stories. And I always kind of get the vibe that people are trying to sell me things. Um, so where do we go now to get those authentic expat stories? And do we really want to hear them anymore? So interesting because when you when you said that this was going to be something we we're going to discuss, I thought about that. And then I thought about the days of Twitter and that's how I met you, right? Mm-hmm. You were writing your blog and you're on Twitter and Remember when Twitter was a kind place? Remember when Twitter was all about meeting people and, you know, having friends that you became friends with in real life as opposed to a really combative place? Like it it really has developed from Mm. like a kind and, hey, look, we're all online and isn't this amazing and I can talk to you and you're in a different country and time zone and we can have a real time, um, you know, interaction. And then the blogs and, and love and I love your writing and so many people love your writing and would love you to write again. And, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. People don't read blogs the way that they used to. They no. they don't do it. And I feel that some people, as you say about Insta stories, put as much time into an Insta story as they would have into a blog post, which could be, you know, several hours <laughs> into, into a process. It doesn't feel – but yet when you read a blog post, it felt – although it obviously was written and so people revise and edit their writing, it just felt like you were really getting the raw story from somebody. And on Instagram stories or Instagram itself, it doesn't feel quite like that. I do love the visual representation of it. Like, And I Mm -hmm. think that to me Instagram and Instagram stories is where I'm getting a lot of that now. Like I'm getting – and and some people that I follow that are really a bit not so – cultivated I, I would say mm. I, I just think and prepare, prepared I think there are still people who do Instagram and Instagram stories who are just like raw like hi oh here I am I found myself in this place and so I'm just going to do a, a quick you know comment on what I'm doing here or, or mm. about this mm. but I, I don't know I mean do we want them yes but we want them as with all media that's evolved since 10 years ago which is so weird to believe that 10 years ago people were writing blogs and publishing once a week and doing all that kind of stuff. In 10 years, we just don't have the time for that anymore. As in the readers Mm. are like, yeah, I got no time for that. Mm. But we still read, you know, articles and and online things. It's just that the form of the blog seems Mm. different now. It doesn't seem, and I guess it's it's sort of almost changing into that sort of new newsletter format that I, I still don't, really subscribe to but you know a lot of people are are signing up themselves up to write these newsletters and that's kind of like the new blog I guess but it's I don't know I don't know I I really I think I get everything from Instagram I don't even I mean I go on Twitter but it's just not it's just not the place it was the kind nice nurturing place but yeah I, I think and the other thing is I spend so much time in Instagram on stories and not in feeds like I'm very I'm more likely to see what a person puts in their stories than in feeds. I don't know. What about you? What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, same. And I th- I think Instagram has come out and said, oh, that's who we are now. We're no longer a um, photo sharing app. We're a stories app and, you know, video app. 
Um, yeah, I remember feeling that those blogs were very intimate and I think you're right. It yeah. was the excitement of it too because all of a sudden we people had a voice that they didn't have before and, you know, we only heard those things if we happened to read a magazine article or you know, stumble across something, whereas all of a sudden there became a community and then all the same people that you would see that were, you know, we'd all be reading the same sort of blogs as well, you, yes. you know, and people became quite cultish to follow because you'd all follow what that person was saying and then you'd all comment in the comments and you'd all comment on Twitter and you'd all, and there was, you're right, it was a community. And then, and it was, it was very basic and it wasn't full of pretty people, but then it appears like all the pretty people came and it all changed <laughs> and everybody had to be better. They had to not just write, you know, uh, from the heart, but then they also had to look good and their page had to look good and their blog had to look good and then their Instagram had to look good and then they had to be good at doing reels and videos and all the rest of it. Um, and then... Everybody tried to monetize, and I really think that was kind of the root of all evil that too. Kills it. it killed yeah. it because everybody was like, "Well, I can't just keep doing this over and over again. I need to monetize it to make it worth my time." And because how do now I it's taking it? up all my time. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because to do all those things effectively, I mean, to, to edit a video or make a reel, it's so time consuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, really. And you'd think, oh, and that's why I just like a quick Instagram story, you know, with a with a bit of a voiceover. I think that's fine. But if you're planning it at like the way you would plan a blog post. Yes. And, of course, blog posts didn't come with photos of you. They came with photos of either places you'd been or whatever like it wasn't but but to, even to prepare to do a, a selfie like how many selfies does Kim Kardashian say she has to take before she gets a good one I mean I I mean I'm sure not everybody does 10,000 yeah. selfies or whatever but it you know like it's just incredibly more time consuming and so people rightly say well if people want my content and I'm spending this much on it then I should be rewarded for it in, yeah. in a in a way, and if I can be paid for it, I'm going to try and do that. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. All those things sort of came together at the same time, and it's it's really interesting. I can't think of an expat blogger, old school style, that I read a blog of anymore. Do mm. you? Yeah, yeah. No, and I think you're right, and I think too. It's a little bit because. You could still kind of be a little bit anonymous. Like I know when I first started yes. blogging, yes. I, you know, called my kids one, two, three and four and I really felt like I was quite invisible, you know, that I was quite safe. So I think, yeah, that kind of killed it a bit. I I was out to lunch with a couple of old school bloggers on um, Friday. I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw the post and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> And we were talking about how when you have teenagers, you can't write about any of it, you yeah. know, because it's their story. And one of the people I was having lunch with said, yeah, but it's my story too and I want to share my story. And she was having a really, really hard time with a teen. And 
I, I really understood what she was saying in that she she said, you know, I want I want to be able to do what I used to do, be able to do when they were little and just write it all down and then, you know, all these people would come along and say, yeah, that happened to me and that happened to me too and then you'd feel like, oh, it's not the end of the world because this is happening to other people as well. But she did say, but I also don't want the, the sympathy and the, Oh, darling, I feel I really feel for you. You know, I really, you know, all of that that comes with that type of sharing as well. Um, and I really think you've almost got to return back to the complete anonymity. And you and I have talked about this before with forums and all sorts of things. But I don't know, Nikki, I have an idea brewing, but I just think, um, yeah, we've got to work out what that next form of communication is because it's really important to share your stories it's really important to feel safe when you're sharing them it's important to have that sense of community um but yeah you don't you don't you also it's that safety aspect isn't it oh no and and i totally agree with you and i I mean (laughs) hey buddy (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to have to use my mute button a bit. I did I did quickly reach for the mute button to mute, mute the dog. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think, and I mean, I, I sent you an article in a podcast this week and I said this is just, I relate to this so much, but it's not something I could talk about on the podcast because it's, you know, I, I know too many people that listen to it and personally and I don't want to put my child who who I can relate to about this in that situation and where people feel, think I think a certain way or whatever. So it, it, it is really difficult. I, I 100% agree with that. Yes. Okay, Kirsty, this is so last night. I know we've talked about this a lot, but just really last night it really struck home for me. So I just changed it up and, and this is what I want to ask you about today. So last night, yesterday, my husband went and played golf all day with a group of dads that he had met when I made him volunteer for a a school event a couple of months ago. (laughs) So self-congratulatory pat on the back to me. He made some friends or (laughs) gave someone his phone number and they invited him to a day of golf. My son's in London visiting friends. My daughter went out last night for the first time with local people, so people that she's met since she's been here. And it was just um, my husband and I at home after he'd been out for the day playing golf and it was just, it felt like normal. Like It felt for the longest time like, wow, this is like a normal thing or the new normal or something like that. And so I thought, wow, is this what it means to feel like we're at home like is this the point that I get to say Denmark's home now because we've yes. just had what I would consider to be a normal day and now our, our family's doing all normal things like we're not in the you know <laughs> going to find something we need to do because we've moved here or something we're just in this very just in a in a not in a rut, but in a groove. See, yep. groove, not rut. It makes a difference <laughs> in the word you use. So, so, and oh, I know yeah. we've talked before about. Yep. Sorry, uh, we've talked before about. You know, it's when you know how to drive somewhere, or when you know how to do this. But I just thought this was just the feeling. Like last night, I just had this feeling. This Which feels like we live brilliant. here now because you haven't been there that long. Like how long? No, been? I, it's through three months. Yeah, yes, and yes. I'm still. Yeah, I'm still going backwards and forwards to Germany, you know, like and there's all sorts of things going on. So yeah, it is it, it does it, feel is it is it the exhilaration of 
how you've done it too in that you have gone back and forth several times back to your old place and then back here so you've accelerated that experience because most of us don't do that for you know a long time into the move you don't return back to where you've been before um but also you've been on a holiday and returned home which yes, is I, I think that's, that's a big mental thing to return back from yep. holiday to your home and it's home yeah but yeah i've said before i to me it's when you stop getting lost and to me yeah. there is a definite <laughs> i'm in the car i'm driving and i suddenly go oh wow i had to go from a to b and i didn't need to get the map out and there wasn't that element of anxiety or fear and I actually felt really confident about, yep, I know how to do that. I can do that. This is cool. And then I, I always have that, wow, I think this might be home. Do you know that I feel yeah. that comfortable about it? So, yeah, to me that's when a new country feels like home. But it sounds like you are there, baby, because if you've had a Saturday night where you feel really comfortable about kids are out, they're with their friends, uh, partners had a good day with friends you've obviously had a good day as well and you're settled in at home yeah you've you've made it like that's that's phenomenal in three months yeah it just really just came, I mean I couldn't drive anyway to save my life I still be using my, <laughs> my phone I don't drive that often I can ride places more whatever but uh yeah I don't know it just felt like yeah this is this is home now. This is this is our new normal. And so I just and I thought I know a lot of people moved over the summer, so I just hope that a lot of other people are getting towards that feeling of this is home, this is my new normal and I'm okay with it. I think yes. that's the other thing, being okay with it. Because yeah. you know, you can depending on how you left and why you left, there are a lot of reasons you might not feel okay with it. So, and, th- and that could take a little bit longer. So yeah, I just, I really had this feeling last night and I just wanted to share it with all the federati because it's, it's really, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a feeling. It's deep. Vicky, hey, <laughs> our bold statements of the week, um, you know, we've gone through a phase of we, we choose different things and we say we're going to get jobs done and we're going to do things. And then I jumped on the, just one thing and I was doing you know the just one thing and which I found worked really really well and then I turned it into 10 things which I've then was sort of scheduling into my calendar you know to remind myself to breathe to drink the water to you know 10 o'clock have you done this yet eight o'clock walk you know whatever and the lovely Carmel put me onto a fantastic app and it's called the 21 days challenge app it's free I downloaded it and it you can write in all the things that you want that you to set, do. Yeah, and set yourself a challenge. So I would tell people to go and look it up. It's called 21 Day Challenge, um, Life-Changing Habits. And one of the things I really like because, Nikki, you know, we talked about journaling and I was saying I really would like to write a bit more and journal And not only does this app remind you to write, it also gives you writing prompts. So it gives you journaling prompts that you could write about, which is brilliant. Um, So uh, that's me continuing on with my bold statement. Um, Nikki, how have you been going with your bold statements? I'm going okay, but before we keep going, before we come to me, I want to go back to you, Kirsty. Now, I want to ask you something, Kirsty. Some time ago... You, one of your bold statements was to make a CV for your cellar door. Oh, yes, I did. And so 
Kirsty, do you have any updates for us? <laughs> so, Nikki, uh, Quick, re- quick, quick, quick rehash. I promise I will be quick. I did say when I came back here I wanted to do something that I could not do in Qatar. So I went off and did the Wine and Spirits Education Trust course because there is no there is no training in uh, wine tasting in Qatar, funnily enough. There's only one place you can buy alcohol in Qatar. So off I went and I did Level 2 and then passed amazingly and now it started level three so then the next step was right I'm going to do a resume because this is this is kind of my pivot as many people know who've followed the podcast for a long time I'd been working for the Barefoot Investor for the last few years um, and then that all finished when uh, G got sick and we were back in Australia and his business changed and so it was like okay I'm doing a COVID a COVID pivot I'm going to go and do something that I want to do that I can see that there's a future in wherever I am in the world. I did the CV and then sent it off and heard nothing. And I still don't know what happened to the people I sent it off to the very first time, but they either they weren't really serious or they just got lost in a pile or they just don't reply, but there was nothing. And I have to say, Dickie, my um, my ego was very bruised and I, I really started to doubt my pivot. And you start to ask yourself all those horrible questions about age and, you know, whether you're really up to it and whether, whether you really are qualified to do it and what were you thinking and, you know, of course they don't want someone like you because you haven't worked in hospitality and you haven't done whatever. Anyway, picked myself up, applied for another job, got an interview and got the job. So coming, yay. yay. So this Friday I start my very first day of working for a winery called Perturinga. And, guys, you should look it up because uh, Perturinga is, oh, yes. <laughs> is. Next we'll be having code, discount codes. No. <laughs> yeah. People are going to go, oh, my God, did you see her on Instagram? She was trying to sell me something. (laughs) The woman who doesn't like expats that try to sell you things. So, yes, it's Beck Hardy Wines. Beck Hardy is part of the Hardy family, which is a a very well-known name in Australia. And Mm -hmm. um, she has two labels and that's Beck Hardy Wines and she has Perturinga and Tipsy Hill. So there's all sorts of beautiful, beautiful wines. And I was really keen to work for her because she made a beautiful wine last year, a Shiraz that got 99 points from James Halliday. So she's done really, really well. Um, so, yes, I have my first day on Friday and I am full of nerves and um, really not sure what I'm doing, but I'm going to just go and try and do it. <laughs> Excellent. That's so good. Well done. Congratulations. Look Thank at that. You. All those bold statements. It's coming through with the goods. Yes. Yes. We got there in the so, end. Yeah. So in that, Kirstie, one of the things that I've been doing is, because uh, I drove down to Hamburg and back this week, is listening to a lot more podcasts again, my favourites and some new ones. And I'm just done. I'm going to enrol this week in an audio course because I want to know how to 
to do better audio things. Oh, I hear and you. Well done. I'd love to do <laughs> so, that too. I tell myself that all the time, but well done and I'm very pleased it's you doing it. Yep. So I can do it and hopefully I'll be able to apply some of the magical things uh, to this podcast. But anyway, so that that's going to be my bold statement of the week to come as well so, as doing the. Do you have yep. ideas of where, where you'll do the audio, like which – where do you, which platform yes. do you use and how so, does it work? Yeah, so I, I don't have – well, I mean I've done a little bit of investigation but my son um, wants to get into voice acting and, and he has, you know, progressed down the road to that track and he um, is currently ha- – he has a small part in an audio comic and then the platform that he got that job through uh, does voiceover – courses and they also do audio courses so it's Uh for people who do that so and he's been doing a voiceover course for the last 10 weeks or something online and uh he's been quite happy with with it all and how it's all going and the course work and and the information provided and they also do audio work courses so i'm going to look into that and then i'm also going to look into um stuff on the software that uh, I used for editing, yeah, which is so you Hindenburg. Use, so, yeah, I you use, use Hindenburg. Use Hindenburg and I yeah. just use basic old boring garage band uh, yeah. because I'm a basic old boring um, uh, audio person. But uh, <laughs> do they have a suggestion for you of who you should, which software you should be using? Well, that's what I'm going to – see, I'm going to be quite open to that. Like I, I got Hindenburg like on special, like it was $1 for yeah. when um, when I got it. Like it's normally 200 and something and it was $1. Mm-hmm. So I got it and then it's been it's, – it's amazing. I really like using it and it's easy and whatever. And then there's a Facebook group for Hindenburg as well. So I'm just going to go down a track and I'll I'll be able to tell you more next week when I come oh, back with my completed good, statement task. Good. All right. Three favourite things. What are yours? Okay, so mine were, so as we said, I've been on a holiday. I went um, in the October break. Uh, we we flew to Mallorca to take advantage of the last sunshine of the season before we go into the great long northern winter. Winter is coming always. And so <laughs> we went down there and we went just with one child because uh, my son was going to London. And so he said, well, I'll stay here for a week. And then and then when you come back, I'll go to London. And I was like, okay, that, that, that works. And we decided this is his year of growing and doing things he n- didn't normally do, ready to launch into the world. So that's what we did. So I took, we went to Mallorca, which was amazing. The weather was fantastic. I ran into a friend uh, talking about Insta stories and sharing. I shared, I was on stair sharing Insta stories every day of the beach and the water and the sky and and a friend messaged me and said, get out of town, I'm in Mallorca too. Haven't seen her for 10 years. So we were able to catch up That's and have fantastic. dinner one night, yeah. which was amazing. What I wanted to say was about that trip, one of my favourite things was the holiday conversations with my daughter because yeah. it was just her and I, or just us and her. And then she and I every day went to the beach for a couple of hours at the sort of from the 4 to 6 p.m. time slot. Mm-hmm. And um, we just had some really lovely conversations and yeah. – just casual ones, almost in the car ones, you know, like when you're in the car driving and things come up, like we're yeah. just sitting on the beach, minding our own business. She was playing in the sand, you know, like we're just both in the sand. We were both in the moment. We didn't sort of, we weren't on our phones or anything. And we just had some really lovely conversations. And I just think that that's so nice because when we're at home and it's the 
day-to-day pressures of the day-to-day and getting yep. out the door and what you need to do for school and everything and we don't normally yeah. have those kind of nice things so it was and nice that's why nikki we've talked about this before about holidays when you feel guilty that you don't go and see every site and do everything sometimes yep. it's good to have the holidays where you are not doing that do you know i've done those holidays where you've gone to rome and quick pantheon <laughs> quick you know you're, you're tick, tick, every, tick. Tick, 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 tick. Um, And it's great and you're all, you know, on the double-decker bus and laughing and whatever. Some of the holidays we've had where we've gone to Sri Lanka and you're sitting by the pool and there is nowhere to go and nothing to do and maybe you start playing chess or, you you know, you just start shooting the breeze and they are, you have those really good quality conversations that you just don't have when you're caught up in the day-to-day. Yeah. And you certainly don't have when you're making your children go and walking tours and they're, I don't yeah. want to see another thing. You're like, yeah. you will enjoy yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, I've hijacked your three favourite things. What else have we got? N- not at all. Okay, another uh, in the interest of ex- still exploring TV shows for everybody, Ordinary Joe, which I'm watching on Hulu, it's the story of uh, – it, it's so weird because it's one of those shows that you have to actually watch. You can't – sort of scroll through your phone or do something else, you know, all the things you do when you're watching TV a lot a lot of times these days because it's it's the story of a, a guy in his 30s, I guess, um, but it goes back to the day he left college. And on the day he left college, he had three choices. He could go and ask this girl he just met on a date. He could go and catch up with a, a girl who he'd had on and off relationship during college or he could go for dinner with his parents and his uncle who was a police officer which is important in the story in some way. And so it shows him making the decision what to do and then it shows you the three different futures he has if oh. he did each of those things. Wow. And so it's it's one of those ones you have to watch because they don't they don't have different hair like I think he has glasses in one future and not in another future but like you have to keep he has you need three or four shows to really go right okay now yeah. I know which future I'm in because it keeps swapping between the three futures uh-huh. and you know the two women are both there in different capacities depending which which way he went Ooh, and then the his family's there this, so yeah. the premise is good but it does I have to say it does take a few episodes to get into because it is quite, you know, it does change up. It does change itself up and it does switch around a lot. And so you have to just know, okay, this character's there, this character. Like it doesn't have a big changeover. It's quite actually fast moving for an American produced television show. <laughs> anyway, I, so I just, I, that's something. And, uh, you know, I've been watching for a little while. I thought, okay, now I'm ready to recommend it. Uh, this, the episode I saw this week, I was like, yep. No, I'm, I'm going on with this one. Okay, the third one was a podcast I listened to in the car on the way home. I've I've reignited uh, the invisibilia from your recent recommendation. Yes, and the one this week was called Poop Friends, the Poop <laughs> Friends episode. Because this season's and, all about friendships, isn't it? Yes. So I don't know whether you listened to it I yet, Kirsty, but but anyway, <laughs> it's about poop friends. Either you are or you aren't a poop friend. So because it, it, it's one of the great taboo topics of the world, you know, talking about, you know, what you do when you go in the bathroom and, you know, worrying about can I do that here or do I have to go home to do that? Or, you know, the kids all have a policy on whether they do it at school or not or, yeah. you know, like this is this whole sort of thing. Yeah. And I know a group of teenagers 
um, who actually have a poop app. And they yes, we spoke um, about this on the podcast, and then oh, we I, did okay. Yes, and then you <laughs> you told us about this on the podcast, and then I asked my kids, and they said, yeah, they all do it too. They all share. <laughs> everybody shares the poop app, um, right. and then my son was able to tell me, you know, like every everywhere, everyone had pooped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I think maybe for our children's generations, it's not such a uh, taboo topic. Uh-huh. But but basically, it was about and it, you know they do it so well. They do the storytelling and everything. And then yeah. one of the one of the sto- the sub stories was about a girl who's now an adult, but had had IBS as a as a teenager, uh-huh. as a you know has IBS. It's not something that goes away, and yeah. how she was always very. You know, she was always very self-conscious about it. And then she went to poop camp. You know, she went to camp with all these other kids that had the same kind of, you know, Issues, some yeah. kind of gastroenterological issue and how that changed her life by, by being able to just, you know, laugh about farting and all that kind of stuff instead of being so crazily embarrassed about it and everything. Yeah. And, and it was a really great episode. I really enjoyed it. But then I just wondered, you know, uh, the we've talked before so often about how when you meet friends, expat friends, and you fall so fast and hard because you have to sort of make the decision and do, and so are they automatically all poop friends, like <laughs> expat <laughs> friends, immediate poop friends? Is that how it works? I mean, obviously not the specific thing, yeah. but I just it just sort of really related. I thought to my life when I was thinking I about think it, I was people like, people yeah. become poop friends when they travel because I still remember a girlfriend oh, when you talking, about, <laughs> talking about traveling through Namibia and um, someone farted and everybody said oh I'm so jealous because they all knew <laughs> that they had lost the ability to fart without there being a terrible accident at the end of it and yeah I think travel does make you poop friends you know I've told you before about our very good group of friends in Qatar who all went together on a holiday to Sri Lanka and all ended up on the bus on the way to the airport all having the same reaction from the buffet and they have the funniest funniest story of desperately you know driving through rural um sri lanka trying to find a restaurant to stop to go to the bathroom and being sort of pushed through this restaurant out the back to this block of toilets where both men and women who weren't married to each other all had to just squat in a cement block and everybody watched everybody's everything run down behind them <laughs> so these were people that you know hadn't known each other for years and years but they'd become friends through softball and at working at the hot dog stand and you know working at the booster club and having kids that were friends but it was so funny so so funny and now they're poop friends so Kirsty, yes. what are your favorite things okay so uh, a podcast called the weekend read which is basically the long form um stories that come out of the monthly and helen garner has done a she has read her long-form essay about lockdown in Melbourne. And they asked Helen Garner, you know, hey, have you, because Helen Garner is known as a woman who journals and journals every day and has throughout her life. 
And they said, oh, have you done a sort of COVID journal? And she was like, no, no, unfortunately I haven't written anything about COVID but of course went back and realised that absolutely everything she had written revolved around COVID because that's how it has got into our lives. Anyway, I thought it was I thought it was really beautifully done. Um, I love Helen Garner. Um, she's 78 years old and she's just so relevant and uh, so quick um but so brutally raw and honest in everything she does it's just lovely to listen to so uh the weekend read helen garner my second one is and i'm late to the party and i know everybody's seen it but it's made on netflix m-a-i-d um and i just think i know everybody's talked about it so i won't go on about you know how great it is and rush out and do it but i just I thought the production value was so good because they do such a good job of making you see the panic and the anxiety that poverty brings and and just the cycle that you're caught in and how you need someone to help you. And when I say the production, I just mean they did a few different things where they would have – you could see how much money was in her bank account on the screen. So every time she'd put petrol in the car, you could see the ding, 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 and it going down, 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 down. And so everything she did, this little money thing would come up on the screen and show you whether she made $5 or lost $5. And you could just see that anxiety of every time she had to spend a dollar of why it was. I think it was just really well told. There's a there's a period where she slips into a deep depression and I love the way they visually showed you. She kind of just slides into the couch and disappears. And so when she realises she has to get out of it, she really is crawling back out through the darkness. So it just it's, it is brilliant. And obviously the performances of Andy McDowell, brilliant. Um, it's really good. Uh, the third thing for me um, is an art I had lost, which is letter writing. And so Henry Hotdog is now, he's just finished his third week at camp. He's got two more weeks to go. Oh. Uh, look, it has been an amazing experience for him. I am so proud, but just I've definitely drank the Kool-Aid at the school because I was very anti-camp and he was very anti-camp. I think I told you that he was thinking of breaking his arm in the week leading up to camp so he wouldn't have to go. So what this camp is all about is they sailed over there on a sailboat, then they cycled for six days um, where at the end of each day when you're cycling, you put up your tent, you cook your own food, you pack up, you do it all over again, again, again. They had the worst weather for the first week. He was hailed on. He fell off his bike several times. He had to get his <laughs> leg bandaged. He got wet. He got. He thought his tent was going to go away. His the food was... Yeah, we started to get very, very ordinary by day four because it was all, you know, long life, everything. Um, And the letters were just miserable. Do you know, um, today I woke up and I was wet. (laughs) Today I was on the bike and I got ailed on. Uh, Today I rode the bike in deep sand. I feared for my life. (laughs) (laughs) Deep sand? I I couldn't even ride a bike in deep sand. Oh, gosh. Anyway, but we've got to week three and we are now getting letters like, Today was the best day ever. 
Today I went surfing and um, I managed to get up four times, but that wasn't the best bit. The best bit was the dolphins that were swimming underneath us and um, the dolphins were riding the waves as well and you could tell that the dolphins had come to just have fun and to surf with us and it was amazing, Mum. You know, I got splashed in the face and da-da-da, but he's also working with adults with intellectual disabilities and making friends with different people you know he's told me that his new bestie is a a woman called michelle who has down syndrome but she is the most positive person he's ever met in his life and really really enjoyed spending time with her because she just lifted his spirits you know from being away from home um and so he's worked with the council and pulled up weeds and he's running 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 i think he's now running nine kilometers at a time with the idea being that by next Saturday he'll be able to run 11 k's and he can see that his time's getting better each time but the beautiful thing is these letters just keep getting better and better and better because part of their treat is that they get to go and sit under a tree and write a letter and G and I, we're very lucky because G's overseas, they scan the letters through. So we're getting sort of the daily updates yes. rather than having to wait that little bit longer. But they're just, um, they're really, as time goes on, they've become more insightful. And you also, you know, I just realised I had completely lost the art of writing a letter. Do you know, you really have to think forward. Yes. No, there's a format <laughs> in a letter writing that your kids learn when they're at school, you know, when they're doing whatever in that English, yes. whatever year they do it. Yes. You're like, oh, this is how you like to write a letter. And they're like, oh, because really, like, when's the last time you've written a letter? I mean, yes. I, I don't even remember. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're writing one every day now. Which I am is writing very impressive. every day. And he's written letters to his brothers and sisters. His, you know, his elder sister's written to him several times and he's reading, like really reading. And I think, Nikki, it's just shown me too, so often it's easy for us to not want our kids to be in uncomfortable situations. And our kids can convince us very easily that they shouldn't be in those uncomfortable situations. Do you know, they yeah. work us so well where they they have all, they know all the right things to say of why that can't be good for them. And I have watched him and gone, you know what you needed? You needed to just get away from us and go and have to have someone else tell you, sorry, mate, this is how it is. Do you know, you're just going to have to do this. And I can see that, you know, maybe people that weren't his favourites, he now seems to be in the photos with, hanging out with. Funny how well, you get do photos that. as well, or do so photos on websites? Where every, where did the photos come from? So every day, two leaders are chosen, and they write a blog post at the end of the day, and they attach some ah, photos. And you know what okay. it's like in those things. You're scouring each photo for your. Yeah, kid. You just <laughs> want to find your kid. Where's my kid? Where's my kid? Is that my kid's hat? Why is he wearing a red jacket? I didn't send him with a red jacket. Where's that red jacket from? Um, yeah, and you've got no way of asking until you send your letter and wait five days later for a reply. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but we were very lucky the day that he did the surfing with the dolphins. Whoever did the blog post that day, they took a photo. And I, I should I should post it because it's a cracker and you can see my kid 
in the water looking out and you can see the dolphin just swimming along. Oh, wow. Waves. Yeah, yeah. That's I, awesome. I'm really, really, really pleased for him. So does someone, because they're not, they don't have phones, so no. is there a camera? Someone has the camera. Someone's the camp photographer. Yes, and they must they must be able to take the photos, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Someone's yes. having a chance at that. Goodness yes. me. <laughs> it must be super exciting. <laughs> no phone, but let me take photos with the camera. It's lovely to receive a letter, Nikki. And so I would say to someone, and I was thinking about this, if if someone said to me, okay, you can you can keep emailing and social metering all your metering all your friends, but you've got to choose one friend that you just write to that and I was thinking I actually think your friendship with that person would be richer for it and more meaningful yeah but I think it's hard to do it would require a lot of discipline yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but I mean Henry uh, he's physically away from you so it's you know and you cannot contact him any other way so I think that that is very I mean, it forces you guys to do that. Um, but if you said to your kids, okay, everybody, just one friend, <laughs> choose a friend. <laughs> no, but I was thinking about who I would choose. And, and and I was thinking, I think it would be like my very, very special friend, Leah, who isn't big on social media. And we do, I do see things she does on social media, but I think we have we have really meaningful conversations and i was thinking yeah i'd i'd like to get letters from you and i could send letters to you do you know if that's how it had to be um i don't know who would you choose if you could only talk for I, the rest of your life via letter i don't know is the answer to that i was quickly scanning through my friends yeah i was thinking i was thinking about a recent friend a friend of mine who's moved to singapore who's very very insightful about so many things and so i think she would be a good person i don't know whether she'd choose me but (laughs) i might choose her because she's really insightful and she really takes the time to sort of deconstruct things and think about them from a bigger picture and i'm much more emotional and like dumping and she's very yes that's one train of thought but another school of thought could be this or isn't it great when this happens and isn't that amazing that that's happened or you know like and she's just so good at that so I'm thinking that she'd be good at writing that in a letter yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no there is something I'm I'm not sure you know I think I one of the things Henry said to me one of his letters was I can't believe you went to boarding school without an iPhone (laughs) he said that I cannot, Mum, I miss you so much and I cannot believe you went to boarding school without an iPhone. And I thought... We didn't even have access to a telephone. No. I mean, we... and the telephone in the boarding house was in the boarding mistress's office uh-huh. and we were called in at a certain time of day that our parents were allowed to call once a week, uh-huh. which was between 7.30 and 9 o'clock on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or something. I can't even remember, but it was like not much. Yeah, yeah. Same. Our parents could call us between, I think it was after, you know, between seven and nine, they could call through to the office. And then there was this magical gold phone. Can you remember the Telstra gold phone so that you could find? Oh, the Telstra gold. We we didn't even have one of those. Well, you you could only do those if you had the money to spend on it because it was STD. So, you know, you'd need a couple of bucks, which was a fortune. You'd only want to call your boyfriend as well, obviously. You wouldn't want to call your parents. Oh, yeah. I remember, you know. (laughs) 
15 of us surrounded around the gold phone to call the the other boarding school, the boys' boarding school, to talk to them. And then people just going, you know, can you find out if is Chris there? Can you get Chris? You know, can you get and then passing the phone on to them? Is Tom there? Can you get Tom? And they'd run off and get Tom. I mean, our kids missed out doing that. They, they have totally, missed out. totally missed out. Um, but the one thing they have missed is they've They've missed the letters because I know Henry's written to both of his grandmas a couple of times and, you know, what the one grandma in Brisbane, she said, this letter is going into my special, special, you know, treasures box because it felt very special to her. And, it, you know, it's so sad because they ask, you know, there's nothing. I know tomorrow being a Monday there will be a letter in the letterbox and, you know, you're waiting for the postman to come and then the postman, yeah, yeah. you know, you hear the postman come and you race out to get it and you can't wait to open it and read it and, yeah, it's so exciting. But um, I want to hear from him when he comes home and all of you yeah. guys, when are you going to write your next letter and who yes. it's going to be show? So after the six weeks of yeah. everyday letters every day or five weeks and then when he comes home, what does he think? Who's he? Is he going to write to someone? Yeah. Like now he's got his writing, letter writing muscle all yeah. worked up. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a lot of things I want to ask him if he wants to continue <laughs> because, you know, he's gone from not being a runner to now being able to run 11Ks. And you yeah, go, wow. Don't... Is that part of what they do? They yeah, have to run 11Ks they work, on the They last work day. their way. They start with a uh-huh. 2K, a 3K, a 5K, a 7K, a 9K, and then in that last week you do your 11K. Um, and the, the, the grand finale at the end is you go out into the bush and you do 24 hours where you camp solely on your own and all you've got is your whistle in case something goes wrong and I think the closest <laughs> person is three kilometres away. <laughs> so so you really, you're by yourself, you're going to quadrants or something. You are totally by yourself. <gasps> okay, Nikki, um, I'll speak to you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.